Aleluya. Now, today as I was preparing for this service tonight, I do my best to make it my business to feel after the will of God for every service. I believe that there are dynamics to coming together and the word of the Lord that require the mouthpiece and the vessel of God to seek after what thus saith the Lord. And, you know, I have been preaching now for quite some time. Next, next year will be 30 years that I have been preaching out of this marvelous book. And uh, I'm young, but I'm high mileage. <laughs> and um, I've done it long enough that I can roll out of bed preaching a sermon. I could roll out of bed, grab my Bible, and uh, we, could, we could have church. And, but I don't want to just come to the pulpit and just preach to preach. Amen. And I have learned a long time ago that when the Holy Ghost nudges in a certain direction to just follow after what God is doing. And so as I was preparing for tonight, uh, there were some things that I felt uh, to preach. And towards the end of the day, I felt like the Holy Ghost just dropped something into my spirit. And said, this is what I need you to talk about and minister tonight. And so, is it all right if I just follow the Holy Ghost tonight? I'm so glad I don't have to try to impress you with my theological prowess or my hermeneutical proficiencies. But I could stand behind this desk and just be a vessel tonight. Amen. Book of Luke, chapter number 10, and um, I don't anticipate being before you long tonight. Um, matter of fact, honey, you just, you just stay by that piano real close while I'm preaching. Luke, chapter 10, verse number 38, and uh, I'm going to do something I don't normally do. I am going to read from a different version of the Bible than the King James Version. Um, I do believe that the King James Version Bible is absolutely the gold standard that we have available in the English language. Uh, but every once in a while, when you read from a different transliteration or a different translation, you can capture a uh, slightly different perspective. So while you are reading in the King James, I'm going to read from the NIV, the nearly inspired version. <laughs> Just kidding. The New International Version. Verse 18 through 42 says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister. Somebody say she had a sister. 
named Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And so she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. For a few moments tonight, I'm just going to meander through what I feel like God wants me to say. But I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the danger of being distracted. The danger of being distracted. Would you put your Bibles down and one more time clap your hands unto the Lord. All ye lands. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I came across a small story. You can quit playing for now, honey. Just keep an eye. I came across a, a small little article that a man submitted to a paper one time many years ago, and uh, I found it quite interesting. And uh, somehow, by a miracle of God, I found it tonight. And I just wanted to read an excerpt from what he wrote. The title of his small article that he wrote was called Crazy Women Drivers. Lord, I didn't know we were going to get that kind of an amen in response in the building tonight. Crazy women drivers. And here's what he said. He said, this morning on the freeway, I looked over into my left, and there was a woman in a brand new Cadillac doing 65 miles per hour with her face up next to her rearview mirror putting on her eyeliner. He said, I looked away for a couple of seconds, and when I looked back, she was halfway over in my lane, still working on that makeup. As a man, I don't scare easily, but she scared me so much that I dropped my electric shaver, which knocked the donut out of my other hand, and in all the confusion of trying to straighten out the car using my knees against the steering wheel, it knocked my cell phone away from my ear, which fell into the coffee between my legs and splashed and burnt my and soaked my trousers and disconnected an important phone call. Crazy women drivers.
I use the example of driving because we can all relate to people being distracted while they are driving. Sometimes I am accused of becoming distracted while driving. And when I get distracted, I don't drive dangerously. I just don't pay attention to my destination. And if I keep on talking, we'll be in New York City before it's all said and done. And uh, I'll miss my turns and just keep on driving. Have you ever seen somebody who was so distracted they stopped at green lights or took off on a red? Some of y'all are looking all around the building right now. When you get distracted driving, you lose focus on your primary objective and responsibility of driving. And Jesus was on his way into a village where a woman named Martha, who later we find out was a very, very dear friend of Jesus. Matter of fact, her brother Lazarus, from all indications, became a friend that was like a brother to Jesus. And this was somebody that she loved, admired, and when he was coming into her town, she wanted him to come over the house. And according to our text tonight, she, she got busy preparing the house for company. Anybody know what it's like to prepare the house for company? <laughs> I'm going to be nice. Some of y'all need to be... <laughs> Worried about preparing the house for company. And when we have people coming over the house, it never fails. I don't care how early we start. We're always running at the last minute getting ready. Anybody beside me? I mean, it's like we've been trying to get ready all day, and they're going to be here in 30 seconds, and they're still... <laughs> Stuff laying around on the floors and bathrooms still dirty and dishes in the sink. And, and sometimes, you know, you just got to do what you got to do. And sometimes you just grab everything you need to grab and just put it in that one closet. Some of y'all beat me to it. Y'all were going like this already before we got there. Just get it, put it in there. I mean, there's half-eaten bowl of Lucky Charms and the trash that was supposed to be taken out earlier gets put in there and your pajamas that you never got off the floor get put in and then you just uh, click, push the door shut until somebody comes over and says where's your trash can and they go to reach for the handle don't do it and she was she was getting things prepared. She was working. She was laboring, and Jesus shows up. And so she's working, laboring, and her sister Mary evidently answers the door. Jesus comes over, and while she is working, Mary decides that she's going to hang out in the living room and just launch into a conversation with Jesus. And so there's her and Jesus just chatting it up. Now, you got to understand and read between the lines. 
You ever been doing something and somebody you expected somebody else to help you and they weren't helping you? And you're trying to be nice because there's other people around? <clears throat> Jesus, I'll be done really quickly here. I mean, it's not going to take me very long. She's getting all worked up. She's over there sweeping. I could see her with the vacuum cleaner, maybe. She goes right up to right up to Mary. Oh, I'm sorry. Would you mind lifting your feet while I vacuum the carpet? Would you mind if I just now I need to wipe the seat down? Thank you. She's getting all worked up until finally she can't take it no more. And she marches off to Jesus. And she said, all right. She said, okay. I, I'm, I'm going to address the elephant in the room. Can you not see that I'm over here working and trying to clean and trying to make preparation and Mary is not doing anything to help me right now and it's not fair that I'm having to do all the work. Can Tell her something, Jesus. Ain't that something? She's standing right next to you. Tell her something, Jesus. Can you imagine approaching Jesus like that? With two snaps and a twist. Now the next thing Jesus says, you can take it a couple of different ways. There's not too many places in the Bible where Jesus mentions somebody's name twice. Moses. Moses. You know, he's trying to get their attention. But here's one of them. He said, Mary. Mary, now there's a couple ways this could look. It could be one of those, Martha, yeah, thank you. Sleep deprivation. Uh, Martha, Martha. Except I don't think that's the, the one it was. The one I think it was was, you know when somebody really gets upset and they just start going off and you're trying to get them to stop? Martha. Martha. That's the one I think it was. And he says something to her that just causes her to. He said, Martha, 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 listen, you're trying to blame your sister, but the fact of the matter is, you got a lot of troubles going on. The truth is, this has nothing to do with Mary. Martha, you're struggling with a whole lot of things. And those things have caused you to become distracted. He says, Mary has chosen the greater thing. In other words, what he was trying to communicate to her was, Martha, you forgot the whole reason that I'm here. You got so distracted with the work of God that you forgot about the God of the work. 
You got so distracted with everything you were doing that you got your priorities mixed up and you forgot why you even invited to have me come anyway. And while you're distracted doing all kind of other things in the name of work and ministry and whatever else, you, you forgot about me. And if we're not careful living for God, we can get to a place where we become so entangled in certain things that we become distracted at what the priority is. We become distracted with what, what God originally called us to do, with, with the original mission that God had in front of us to do. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. I've seen people become so worked up and get distracted that they, they, they start lashing out at other people and they forgot that you're serving in the kingdom of God. You've gotten so enamored with the problems that you have forgotten about the privilege. Because there was a day and age when we prayed and said, Lord, whatever it takes, God, I'm here, God. If you'll use me, I'm available to you, God. Lord, here I am. Do something with me, God. I, I surrender myself to you. And, and then when God starts to use us, if we're not careful, we'll become distracted and we'll miss the very thing that God has called us to do because of the distraction. Rock Church, God has called us to a great thing. And we have to be careful that in all of our efforts to do and accomplish the work of God, that we don't become distracted from the most important thing that God has placed in front of us to do. Don't let us get so caught up uh, in the conflicts and the, the, the stress and, and the friction of, of working together with people uh, that we become distracted at the very presence of God that wants to work through us uh, and in us and for us. And there's, there's a couple of different things that, that I felt God quickened to me today that I believe are catalysts to distraction if we're not careful in our walk with God. The first thing is that we can become overwhelmed with things. You read it in the text. The text says that Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Somewhere she had prioritized things in such a way that, that they became unrealistic with what she was trying to accomplish. And she had so many things on her plate that she was trying to accomplish that, that it took her away again from the primary reason that Jesus was there. And we have to be careful in, in serving God and serving in the kingdom of God that we don't become overwhelmed to the place that it becomes a distraction to us. Everything we do for God has to emanate out of our relationship with God. When you disconnect the relationship, pretty soon the work becomes arduous. When, when you have a, a gap in your relationship with him, pretty soon the tasks become meaningless. Pretty soon what used to be a joy to do becomes a headache to do. 
What used to bring fulfillment to your life uh, starts to become a drudgery in your life. Uh, when that begins to happen, uh, it is an obvious sign uh, that I'm in a mode of distraction. Somewhere I've gotten distracted uh, from the real purpose uh, of what I'm supposed to be doing uh, in the first place. Uh, Martha, if you'd spend a little time uh, at my feet with Mary, uh, you'd get purpose again uh, for why you're doing all the preparation. Uh, if you'd spend a little time at my feet uh, and make that the priority, uh, then all of the work would begin uh, to make sense to you uh, again. Uh, if you'd spend a little time with me, uh, what you think is a burden uh, would all of a sudden become a joy uh, to you all over uh, again. It's not that the work is too much, Martha. It's that you got your priorities uh, mixed up a little bit. When we, when we get distracted from the priorities of, of God's call, we become frustrated with the work of the kingdom. And then we start looking at other people and becoming frustrated at other people. Well, well, how come they're not doing this and how come they're not doing that? When really God's called me to do something. And whether they do something or not, I'm doing this from a place of devotion in my spirit. This isn't coming from a place, come on somebody, this isn't like your secular job. This isn't like working at, at your career and what you do. This is the kingdom of God. Lord, here's my sacrifice. God, this is tied to my relationship with you. When you're in relationship all those chores are a little bit easier. Sometimes my wife has stuff she needs, wants, uh, makes, I mean, asks me to do. I was trying to find the right word. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Ask me to do at the house. And you know what? She's real smart. Because before she asked me to do all those things, She'll love all over me. Honey, is there anything you want or need? You do, oh, honey, how was your day today? Let me rub your shoulders, honey. She's bringing it to the forefront of my mind how much she loves me. So when she finally says, this is what I need you to do, can you get this done? I'm like, sure, yeah. Let's do it. I'm connecting what I'm doing to my relationship with her. But in the absence of relationship, all of those things just become distractions. They all begin to produce chaos and, and resentment and bitterness and, and confusion in my life. So when you find yourself living for God from that place, it's time to get back to an altar and realign yourself and say, all right, God, I've gotten distracted in living for you. God, somewhere I've lost along the way, I missed your voice that spoke to me so clear, God. Somewhere along the way, I forgot those moments in the altar where you, where you put your hand on me, God, and you called me and you anointed me. Uh, come on, I'm preaching to somebody this evening about the danger uh, of being distracted. Overwhelmed, being overwhelmed. And if you're not careful, it'll cause you to want to abort the project. <laughs> you know what, Mary? 
keep that clean and rag. Do it yourself. I need it. Because you don't want to quit. Because you don't want to throw in the towel. Because you don't want to give up. But when it's tied to your relationship with God. So that's one of the ways that, that we, we can become distracted is, is, is we become overwhelmed. We, we've lost prioritization. But the other thing that, that I felt like God dealt with me. Is this all right tonight? I'm just sharing with you my heart tonight. The second thing I felt like God wanted me to, to speak tonight is we can become distracted when we become weary. And we become tired. There's a distraction that happens. I, I was reminded of two places that Jesus uh, speaks. One place it's Jesus. The other place it's Paul referring to it. But in one place in the book of John, Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, lift up your eyes and look to the field. It's white unto harvest. They were distracted from the harvest. If you read the whole story, they're, they're talking to him about getting food for the people. And, and it's all related to the work of God. But they were distracted at the primary reason that they were there in the first place. And Jesus said, if you stay in this mode of distraction, you're going to miss the harvest that God has in front of us. And then in Galatians, I remember where Paul says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, that's harvest terminology, if we faint not. The second way that we become distracted and for God is when we allow weariness and tiredness to take over in our life. And in almost every case, what I have found is that we try to accomplish the work of the spirit in the arm of the flesh. And in our flesh, we're not sufficient enough. We don't have enough strength. We don't have enough. It takes more than just your talent, your ability, your intelligence, all of those things. It takes more than all of that. If you're going to accomplish the work of God, not only is it you giving of your time, talent, and treasure, but somewhere you've got to get in the presence of God and his anointing has to get a hold of you to empower you to carry out the work of God. The enemy knows that he can't knock you out. So he'll switch tactics and try to wear you out. He knows he can't get you to just throw up your hands and quit. So he'll try to go the distance with you. And try to wear you down and get you tired. And if you get to a place where you become so overwhelmed and tired, the, the purpose of the enemy is so that you will abort the mission. But I'm preaching tonight to somebody in this house. It's time to get focused again. It's time to get realigned again with the whole purpose and reason that you're living for God in the first place. 
I'm talking to some people in this building tonight that it's time to get focused again with what God has called you to do, what God has placed in your hands to do, uh, what God has anointed you to do. Come on, I know it's easy for the exigencies of, of life in this world uh, to get a hold of us, uh, but we've got to come to a place uh, where we recognize and say, all right, God, uh, it's time to get back to the, to the heart of this thing. Uh, it's time to realign myself uh, and my priorities again uh, for the entire reason that I'm doing uh, what I'm doing. I'm not doing this uh, to impress other people. Uh, I'm not doing this to be a part of a club. Uh, I'm not doing this, God, uh, for some ulterior motive uh, or for some other reason. Uh, God, I committed this to you uh, because you put it in my heart uh, and you called me uh, and you anointed me uh, and you've empowered me to do it. Uh, come on, all over this house, somebody tonight uh, needs to lift your hands in this place. Uh, Come on, somebody in this house tonight, uh, God's calling you back to a place uh, of focus uh, and consecration uh, where you say, all right, God, uh, let's, let's go back to the beginning of this thing. Uh, God, let me get back to the start uh, of what you, you called me to do. Uh, Lord, take me back to that moment uh, in the altar when you spoke to me uh, and I said yes to you. Uh, take me back to that place, God, uh, where, where I felt your anointing uh, get a hold of my life. Uh, and I said, all right, God, listen, Martha, 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 listen, Martha, when you get the priority back where it's supposed to be, you'll quit fighting with Mary. You'll quit looking at other people and blaming things on them and pointing fingers. Martha, look at me. Did you forget the whole reason that you're even working in your house? Here I am, Martha. Don't go get so busy working that you miss my presence in your house. Come on, I know it's Tuesday night and we've been working all day uh, and, I, and this is a little bit different service. I, I, I'm not trying to preach a sermon. I'm not trying to deliver some homiletical uh, message tonight. Uh, but I simply have a word from God in this house uh, to somebody uh, that it's time to get back uh, to the foot of Jesus. Uh, it's time to get back at the master's feet uh, and lift your hands uh, and say, all right, God, uh, let's get this thing back where it belongs. Uh, all right, God, let me take me back to this place, uh, Lord, where I'm dedicated to you. Uh, oh, in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody lift your hands all over this house. Somebody lift your hands all over this place. Come on, I'm talking to some Marthas. Uh, I'm talking to some men in this house uh, that have been struggling with your inspiration and, and struggling with your attitude about things. Uh, God said, uh, you're worried about a whole lot of things, uh, Martha, uh, but you need to get back to priorities. Uh, you need to get back in my feet uh, and realign yourself uh, with why you're even here tonight. Uh, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody else ought to step out of your seat tonight uh, and make your way down to this altar. Come on, somebody ought to make your way to this altar tonight uh, and lift your hands in the presence of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Um, take me back. Take me back. 